And now for the Black Firehouse Podcast, the only Ghostbusters podcast that discusses props, costumes, sets, and special effects with your hosts, Austin Young and Dan Harshman. You know, it's just occurred to me we really haven't had a completely successful test of this equipment. I blame myself. So do I. Let's get ready. Switch me on. You know, I'm, I'm still not tired of that new proton pack sound. Um, no, it's great. It's, it's so good. Like, I I remember being worried, like, what are they going to mess with for Ghostbusters Afterlife? And, and that was one of those things that I didn't know if I would like or not. And every single time I hear it, I'm just like, can we go back and re-edit the first two films <laughs> with, oh, the, <laughs> with somebody, the better sound effects? Somebody will put out a fan edit that's just that. That's the only difference in the whole movie is they... they swapped out the sound for the the proton pack starting for the afterlife version i mean i'd actually be okay with that me too so uh i guess hello everybody on the internet this is uh your beloved hosts of the uh yes have some oh no wait no the 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 black firehouse podcast (laughs) dan harshman and of course my partner in crime austin young how we doing today austin i'm doing great how are you I am doing just peachy. I'm really excited about um, the the guest that we have today. We're going to bring him on in in just a moment. Um, of course, the the big exciting news: Hey, Ghostbuster fans went like a total week without embarrassing themselves. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. Uh, and then, of course, next week is the release of the Ghostbusters Ultimate Collection. Uh, which includes Ghostbusters 1, 2, Afterlife, big box set, reprinting of the Making Ghostbusters book. Which is um, really cool. Yeah. Is there anything in that set that you're particularly excited about? I mean, the Ghostbusters 2 deleted scenes are the first thing. I mean, immediately I'm, that disc is getting thrown in and I'm going through those because it's all the deleted scenes. I'm hoping that we thought we're going to be on the last set that came out when they said that they had Ghostbusters deleted scenes that they'd uncovered. And it was like all the really boring scenes that we didn't really even know about. And it's not the the Elgato, the cat scene. It's fine. It's just, you know, I wanted to see Lewis trying to capture Slimer with uh, KFC as bait, you know? Yeah. They didn't have a very good rendition of it. Me personally, though, I'm, I am most excited about the, the running edit of Ghostbusters uh, yeah. for the the test audience edit, the the one with alternate takes and scenes and special effects. Yeah, that, um, that's going to be interesting. It, it's going to be like watching a completely new version of Ghostbusters, which I'm really, really jazzed about. Which is going to be bizarre. I mean, it's, it's, gonna be- it's so ingrained in everybody's mind at this point, you know, like. Yeah, it's it's like even the TV edit still throws me for a loop when I see it, you know. <laughs> Wally Wick and everything. I'm, yes. I'm I'm mostly hoping that this means I'll finally be able to find uh, when the proton pack sounds were just that like obnoxious electrical hum. Yeah. Uh, when they fired, I would love to to capture that sound, and maybe somebody will be able to do that once the new new one comes on. Um, anything else, Ghostbusters prop related news that you can think of? Anything that you've seen, maybe that I've missed. Nothing's nothing comes to mind, no. 
nothing comes to mind. Well, then let's let's move on. Let's introduce our guest tonight. We are we are super honored. Austin, I did last week's, which means you get to introduce him. Oh boy, this week. This is yeah. uh I mean it's a man that needs no introduction. It's Paranorman himself, Norm Gagnon. And if you don't know who Norm is, you're about to get a history lesson. Oh yeah. Norm, can you hear us okay, bud? Oh, yeah, I hear you well. And Austin, Dan, thank you for having me. It's great. Uh, we are we are so excited to have you on here. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, Norm, before we talk about Ghostbusters and, and your part in Ghostbusters, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? Where you come from? You know, what, what makes Norm Paranorman? Well, let's go way back. Uh, as Dan Aykroyd, I was raised in Canada. So you may probably pick up an, a slight accent. So, um, and then we, back in 1970, we moved to Maryland and became an American citizen. So, um, now, what do I do? Um, what, uh, just a, a quick little tidbit. Um, on the backpack, on the top part of the backpack, there's like a little box with a crank knob. And mm-hmm. that is known as the Raytheon knob. And I've just happened to be working for Raytheon Technologies. So that's just a little, little uh, tidbit. Um, but stepping back in back in 1984, when the movie came out, Ghostbusters, it just blew my mind. And uh, I was watching this uh, film with my friend, Londo Massey, which he portrays Egon. In At that time, we were just two people. And we just like, we have to build one of those things. We have nothing to go on except... I believe shortly after in 1985, Life magazine came out with a front cover of the three actors um, leaning against the stairwell and the backpack was there. So this, oh, we have to get the issue. We cut it out. That's the only thing we had to work with. Of course, we went to see the movie about 40 times, and I was like frantically sketching with a pad and pencil. Okay, there's a there's a more detail. There's a hose. Ah, and we're freaking out. And then I said, I don't want to bother with drawing. I want to see the movie. So we just like went back and forth and went crazy on this. So we finally built a two prototype backpacks that sort of look like what we were imagine what they were using in this film. And uh, I mean, I myself was using a camping backpack type framework and I snuck in into my friend's neighbor's um, house and they had a lawnmower in the garage and I ripped that plastic part that covers the whole <laughs> whatever the motor the engine the oil and it happened to have that teardrop shape and was plastic let's say okay now i've got that part we went to radio shack when they were in business um picked up some project boxes two by fours um 
um, Home Depot was a good place to pick up little doohickeys and parts, and it would just slap everything together. And we went around during, um, then there were science fiction conventions. Uh, we attended local parades in Washington, D.C. And, and just a quick, um, we were discovered by producers in Sony um, pictures. And they noticed us and said, hey, you know what? How would you guys like to be in one of our movies? It's called St. Elmo's Fire. And they were in process of filming in Georgetown. And said, all you got to do is just show up. And we're going to have a Halloween scene. And you guys are going to be running around in the background. And Sansoni did um, Ghostbusters at the time. So I said, oh, yeah, cool. We showed up around eight o'clock at night producers they were setting up the lights and all of a sudden the sky opened up it rained and pouring rain and rain and rain and rain and i said oh no and then someone knocked on the, on the window went guys he did the uh cutthroat symbol the said mm-hmm. we skipped the shot it's too much rain we have to pack and leave leave and go to hollywood so i said boom we're so close. So um, <laughs> that was our first, um, well, introduction into the going out. Does the introduction? That was that's where it started. Exactly, that's where the, exactly. the first Norm Pack came from. That's where the love ignited. That that's that's awesome. And so so you you ended up missing out on being in St. Elmo's Fire, oh, but you came yeah, and you see darn stars, close. exactly yeah. That would have been pretty oh, cool, man, to have us in the background running. But, um, oh, that would have been awesome. That's a shame. So, our next segment that we're going to do, Norm, um, it's uh, it's you know what's on our workbench, and I and I know you have a, a special treat because you've you've told me about this uh, a few times. So we're going to talk about that, Austin. Before we move on, did you have any other questions, or are you ready to get this machine going, bud? Let's get this over with so we can get to the good stuff. What is that thing you're doing? It's technical. It's one of our little toys. The proton pack is not a toy. I guess it's right. All right, Austin, rush through it. What's on your workbench, man? Um, I have no idea what they're called, but I just bought two bunt cake pans and two potato mashers. Because in Phoebe's room in Afterlife, she has these really weird strange devices that are mounted to tripods that are built from bunt cake pans and potato mashers. And I am obsessed with them. And I love the ties to Ghostbusters 2 with equipment being created from potato mashers. And um, yeah, I spent a couple of hours looking for the right bunt cake pan. Those, and I those found are it. Cud, what are they? Cud meters 2.0? I guess. I don't know. She's got one on either side of her room and, they look weird and funky and very Ghostbusters, so uh, I figured that'd be simple enough to make. Now, is this the same bun can't bun cake pan device that's also in um, in the in the farmhouse? No, I'm not aware of one that's in the farmhouse. So I guess uh, you know the big photo running around right now is the picture of the Celebrity Machines Ecto One A plate that is in the background. Yeah. of of the farmhouse and there is a 
a device that looks like maybe a satellite dish next to it that is oh, definitely okay. also made out of a uh, a bunt cake pan. I didn't know if that's the same device or not. No, not no. at all. Not at all. No. These oh, are much well. smaller. Smaller bunt cake pans. Yes. Well, I'm I'm glad you are very excited about I'm, your bunt I'm cake very cake. excited about my strange esoteric background props. <laughs> Norm, how about you, man? What what are you working on over there? Um, well, um, working on. Could, could you be more specific? I've got so many project projects going on. What's your What's your favorite project that you're working on right now? It can be Ghostbusters related, not Ghostbusters related. I mean, you uh, you know, you you've been in the hobby longer than than. A lot of the people that I know, you know, building replicas and things like that. So, so I, I assume. So you're saying I'm old? You're still doing it. Oh, I'm saying you're ancient, <laughs> man. But you know, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. <laughs> you are seasoned. That's yeah, what we're go. I like She's that. I well like that. seasoned. Um. Well, my one of my latest proton pack that I built. It was using my still. I'm still using my plans which came out in my latest drawings came out in 2001. That was the latest revision. And I'm still using them as a guide and they work for me. Um, uh, going back to the company I work for, they, they have a lot of posters and signage and stuff like that and i picked up something that they were getting rid of it was a frame a huge frame something about the uh, security uh, be aware that don't speak to strangers and uh, something like that so <laughs> loose lip sync ships <laughs> ex exactly <laughs> and i took it apart because it wouldn't fit in, into a um, trash bin and all of a sudden in the back of this frame there was a huge sheet of styrene plastic about maybe an eighth of an inch thick and I said whoa that score exactly that motivated me to say I've got to build another pack I've got all styrene plastic so darn expensive these days and go in a hobby shop um mm -hmm. they charge too much so this the sheet was about four by three and that was enough for me to cut crack pop it open so anyway so that was a, i would say last spring totally from scratch i would say 95 percent of the backpack was scratch build of course the alice back i purchased the crank knob and there's a lot of and i'm still you know i don't know there's a lot of fabricators out there they're probably still looked at my plan i noticed that the gum out fuel system bottle that i use originally to make the handles on, on the yeah. proton gun they don't make the bottle anymore they made it they shrunk it down into a tiny tiny little the size of a um pencil it, it's probably super <laughs> oh, concentrated goodness. now so um, that's just a FYI. For, you cannot find them in, in, in the, um, but what I did is I used, I think it was either a 
uh, Windex or 409 spray handle that had a nice little grip. So I used that, cut it, and shaped it, and made a resin mold, um, silicone mold, actually. So where am I going? Um, and then I displayed my backpack at Raytheon, where my office is, and all these engineers and scientists walking by and goes, whoa, that's a backpack on Ghostbusters. He's good, yep. Um, and then I decided to add, I'm sorry, I keep turning my back. I should be talk, talking to the microphone. I added, oh, we can hear you just fine. Um, I added a, a little canister of positively charge slime on the back on the side so mm -hmm. um i've got a particle for and i can flick another switch and imagine if you could have the slime sliming someone so they can uh, have a mood change <laughs> and uh looking That's at awesome. um adam savage uh one of these a couple of episodes he uh had a um egon's backpack from uh, the film and I, I was looking at it intensively and i picked up a lot of details and i added the yellow mesh on the uh, the cord the little power mm -hmm. switch underneath the power cell and what else and all these little details i added just because i was bored and i felt it looked cool so um and my ghost trap what i added on the other side is a second like extension swivel arm they use on tvs um monitors on desk that you can swivel move tilt i used i took it apart used the arm and then i could um utilize the ghost trap and just hook it on the side so it'll be I don't have to have it dangled on my belt and it's held there by magnets. So I just pull it out, pop it, throw it on the ground, press the pedal and it works. So that's cool. I, and these days I, back about a decade ago, I used to make proton packs custom for people. And I sold about 25, maybe in a range of 30 custom proton Chrome pack for collectors and whatnot. Uh, that I includes... remember that website. I I had it favorited and continued would would always try and see if I could find a scheme in which I could save enough up uh, to buy one of those proton packs. But, but now um, everybody's making them. There's the fiberglass pool version, and of course, uh, 3D printers or made a version or came out. The Hasbro Spangler pack came out. They're awesome looking i think they're in the range of three 300 350 so yeah, yeah. i don't make them anymore i'm going to keep my old pack it just has a souvenir and it weighs a hell of a lot there you go but um oh yeah so that's my current project right on so uh I guess I, I man, I, I I wish my my workbench was exciting as you guys. Um, you know, I'm <laughs> I'm currently working with Cole Funseth on uh, getting the correct angle on the bevel for acrylic tubes, um, on the semi-hero <laughs> wands, and I think we've narrowed it down to 
like 60, 60 or 61 degrees. I mean, Cole's doing all the heavy lifting. Wow. You know, he's the guy that's able to, to kind of plug it into his computer and, and, uh, pull out the math. I'm, I'm over here with, uh, you know, a, a purple clear plastic protractor holding it up against photos, trying yeah. to see if I can find the angle. And then Cole comes out of the woodwork and everything's like digitized and has, you know, AutoCAD measurements and stuff are around it. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, what you said. And he's like, well, I just wanted to make sure you concurred. And I'm looking at my little purple protractor. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I concur. You're, you're, uh, you're on the ball there. So, uh, you know, just, just kind of trying to work on those projects that are sitting on the back burner. I'd, I'd love to be able to, to kind of clear off the project bench. Um, you know, that's an impossible task, dude. It's an impossible task, but I at least like to finish some of the bigger ones. So, you know, my, my main goals are, are the IDW pack and, uh, my Ghostbusters one superhero, which of course is having to be built back basically from the ground up. But, you know, it's all right. It, it's it's you know I got uh, some more parts in from AJ, and uh, as always, super super high quality parts. And it just it just reminds me how much patience. And Norm, you understand this. I mean, from back in the day, not everything was instantaneous. If you weren't going to a hardware store to find your own parts, your own Greeblies, you know, if you were waiting on somebody to make something, or you know, waiting on somebody to that found a cache of of uh clippered valves and they were going to send them out sometimes it took some time so you know it's definitely a, a hobby and patience but that's what's on our workbench i think we're gonna we're gonna keep diving on into this we're gonna get our into our main topic which is basically ghostbusters props uh the fandom history lesson with our uh, our guest norm and here we go listen you smell something there's something very important I forgot to tell you. What? I collect spores, molds, and fungus. Why? All right, Austin. You're you're kicking this one off, man. I can't let you sit on the sidelines for this interview. I know you're as excited as I am. Where do you start? That's the problem. I guess it I guess is. somewhere we should start is um if my memory is correct. Norm, you actually coined the term ghost head, correct? Um, yes. And I'm looking at my notes. <laughs> In July 3, 1996, um, a little bit before that, I was looking around through the uh, internet um, for a, a site that more of a um, message board dealing mm-hmm. with Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters fans. So I came up with a site that is called the GB homepage, and the webmaster was Bill Emko. And that's in mm-hmm. February 1996, and we went back and forth and talking about it. And he, I suggested, hey, let's add some photographs and and all of that to his site, and he did. And eventually... Um, I, I got um, inspired to um, to design real uh, sketches of the backpack. I said, you know what? People will need to know what's on the backpack and you know, the gadgets and also we need a, to maybe 
eventually come up with the drawings so the fans and and, uh, and the uh, prop builders out there would uh, fabricate packs. And in 2001, uh, I'm, I'm jumping ahead too, too, too fast. Um, and then I threw, I shot him an email and said, you know what, we should have a, a real strong community dealing with the movies and I think us ghost heads should get together and really start some type of club and and prop building and selling merchandise. And he goes, wow, ghost head. That's really cool. Let's keep that. And so that was in July 3, 1996. Now, that's awesome. Um, I know they, there's, in 2014, I may be off, um, there's a production company that came out with a movie called Ghost Heads. And, yes, and, that was uh, Brendan, Brendan Martins came out with a, uh, a documentary um, in 2016. 16. Uh, maybe it was 17 called Ghost Heads. Um, and, and Brendan, uh, like Austin and I, were also... Uh, he was a longtime message board user. I, I'm I'm unsure if Brendan was there in the days of uh, um, the Ghostbusters homepage, but I know I joined the Ghostbusters homepage in 97 because I lied about my age to get on. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and I know Austin was also part of the homepage as well. Well, but actually, yeah, so- I got I didn't. I didn't join the community until after that had shut down and it was just really? kind of an I archive on there. No, I wasn't. I, I just missed it. Um, oh, I was man, around I for, <sighs> all right. <laughs> no, I, I was around for, um, GB central, GB central before it became okay. ghostbusters.net. So that was probably the earliest fan site that I got. I got into, um, because I didn't, we didn't get the internet until around ninety nine, like middle of ninety nine, and Goodness. I think I think uh, the homepage shut down in what ninety eight, late ninety seven, early ninety eight, something like that. Something like that. I, I I didn't get to experience it long, which I remember being sad about. But so Norm, the you know, even though this show is is supposed to be about props, I mean, like when one of the, the the quintessential you know saints of the ghostbusters replica community wants to talk about whatever he wants to talk about so what were your thoughts on ghost heads when did you see it like when it when it came out um i i missed it and i found out uh through uh, internet search that they were in almost post production on the um, documentary, <coughs> excuse me. And I contacted uh, someone there, and I said, "Hey, I'm just wondering, you guys did you know find out who came up with the term ghost heads?" And they said, "Oh no, we didn't bother to." You know. I said, "Oh okay, I'm just wondering." <laughs> so anyway, who, you know, um, but just a quick note. Um, stepping back in 1999, we um, you mentioned AJ. We talked about AJ Quick, right? Oh yes. Okay. We uh, when I came out with my first draft of 
proton pack drawings. Um, we, a whole group of us, we're looking at one, two, three, four, five, six, maybe seven, decided to get together and say, hey, let's name the parts. So I came up, I was wrong. I was about to no, show I you, didn't. but we're, you know, the camera is not on. So um, I came up with a few names, um, synchronous generator and filter, cyclotron and all of that. So, um, and what's cool. That is a, that is a list I would love to share. Um, well, if, if we, if we can get a copy of that to share to the Black Firehouse to, to like, you know, it's always been known that it was a community project naming the the parts of the Proton Pack. Yeah. But I don't think there's anywhere, Austin, correct me if I'm wrong, where it's documented. I mean, um, that... I mean Norm's got it on his plans that somewhere, I believe it's the like the notes, miscellaneous notes page or something on like the, the 2001 revision that, you know, uh, it lists off some names of the people in the community that kind of helped come up with the names like cpu 64 exactly um, you know what i've got a copy still floating out there um it's from the www.gbfans.com wiki proton pack parts names Ooh. <clears throat> so it's still there and it shows a little bit of history on top uh, the name of the, oh, of the ghost heads who came up with uh, the uh, parts name and that uh, was back in 1999. And what's cool about this, and uh, even um, um, Adam Savage, in one of his episodes, he was talking about, he goes, okay, now he, he, he loves to do a lot of research. He's got a lot of sketchbooks, photographs. And he actually mentioned a couple of the part names. Okay, now I'm, I'm going to be working on the Psychotron, and, and then today we're going to paint this and then and get so excited. And I get excited mm -hmm. listening him get excited. So that's cool that he's actually using the part names that was created back then. So, Well, that that's something I actually wanted to bring up is that the, the, the part names that you guys came up with are now technically canon in the Ghostbusters universe. They don't mention any by name in Ghostbusters Afterlife, but there is a shot in the movie when Callie is down in the underground lab and she picks up a photograph of herself and she looks at it. She sets it back down on the workbench. And when she sets it back down, uh, it's a kind of a close-up shot of the workbench. And down in the very far right-hand corner, there is a proton pack sketch with little indicators pointing to all the different parts and it has all of those parts written down ah, really power cell. i missed that yeah I'm, i must have missed that it's it's really cool that when is... i first caught it it i i was so excited because you know i mean you even listen to behind the scenes interviews with jason reitman and stuff and they were they all refer to the the pack you know parts with the names that you guys came up that with is so, so cool yeah it's it's pretty awesome I I think it's one of the most important contributions to the community, to be honest. I mean, like, Absolutely. otherwise, what are we looking at? You know, who, yeah. who we would still be calling, you know, well, the big circle thing on, yeah. the, on the bottom. The you big know, circle it, with the four circles. There you go. It was almost a Rosetta. Yeah, it was it was almost like a Rosetta stone for the mm -hmm. community to be able to collectively say, hey, this is this. And, 
you know, even beyond mentions in the the movie, I know Troy Benjamin, um, I, I believe he had a hand in the uh, the Ghostbusters Sears book in which a lot of those names on the yeah. proton pack are are utilized, which I believe Sony considered that a, a canon source of yeah. information. I'm not sure, but that was my understanding of it. Yeah, it's just it's really cool that, you know, they're it's official now. Like after all these years, we can say, you know, it's official. That's cool. Hey, hey one quick question. You guys haven't seen the return of the Ghostbusters? And it's by oh, Hank yeah. Braxton in 2007. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, yeah. I um, ju- just say uh, a little bit of information. The Next Generation pack, I built that for the film. The, I don't know if you recall it. it. It was more of a, it was smaller and had a, um, the cyclotron was more orange Tri- mm-hmm. triangular and then it shot a beam that was so powerful <clears throat> so yeah I, I remember that being sort of a big deal when that film came out that you know they kind of went around that was a selling point you know norm gagnon designed the new pack in the film and uh <laughs> i even remember them talking about how the uh you know the the proton gun or whatever was was wrist mounted like the original concept yeah for the original film. I still have the sketches of um, pre-production sketches on how my pack was supposed to look like. So yeah. maybe I should uh, send send that to um, to Dan and oh, I'll send you a yeah. whole bunch of pictures and stuff like that. So, I mean... That, That'd be really cool. Um, Jason... Yeah, so I... I... I promise Norm, I'm sorry, Norm, no, I don't mean to interrupt you. I did promise him uh, that he's going to send us some photos of the current pack that he's working on and uh, and any sketches and stuff. I, I just thought that'd be a real hoot to, to share to the page uh, oh, yeah. for people Absolutely. kind of, you know, wanting to know where we came from. So it, that's that's what we're touching on here, you know. So the, the whole ethos behind the this particular cast is the deep dives into the equipment, but... I'm a firm believer of, you know, understanding and respecting uh, where we came from as a community. Um, so you guys were naming the the pack parts. And now when you named the pack parts, was this before or after you started doing your, your drawings for, you know, the norm, norm version one plans? I think it was right in the middle. I, I released some sketches, drawings, which were pretty bad and and i would say in 2000 early 2000 we um on the uh, message board they say come on we need to name the parts because uh, like you said the cyclotron uh, the little circular thingy with a little knob and the thing is on the upper and people said what what the heck are you talking about so we <laughs> we had the actually the i'm looking at the um the parts page in the backpack that was utilized was from Life Magazine, the cover of 1984. Yeah. And we just go ahead, just you guys just throw a whole bunch of names out there and we'll, we'll see what we can use. And I think uh, Bill Limco did, let's uh, okay, let's use this and this and this since he was a webmaster. Um, but, um, 
And then, you know, I'm, I'm just stepping back with uh, Jason when they interview him during the uh, production or after. And he, um, even Adam interviewed him. He said, once you have someone develop a film, you have the props, the sets, and everything, it, it's, it's personal to them. But once the film is released, it belongs to the people out there, the viewers, the fans. And it's pretty much the same yeah. with the parts and ghost heads. And um, when I see that, people say, hey, I'm a ghost. And they, I think they had a one time in an online magazine about ghost head of the month. I, I don't know who came up with that. I think it was someone someone in UK. But um, I see that. I said, oh, that's cool. You're using it. But I don't see that as, hey, it's me. No, it's us it's the fans so that's how yeah. i feel about all of that and i still get excited looking at my plans i i love building things and fabricating things from scratch so i get excited still <coughs> I get a little a little emotional here no i, I just got a dry throat <coughs> but uh, no so- i mean that's that's kind of why we're all here. I mean, that's the whole point of this podcast. We love building things. And, you know, we there's so many people in the community that have taken it to this obsessive level of, you know, scrutinizing every detail and every aspect of the props and trying to find, you know, the exact parts and, and, and exact measurements. And it's it's just blown up into this huge thing. You know, I mean, thousands and thousands of people all over the world are into this now, you know, in in 2022. And it's it's so crazy to think how it all just kind of started with a few guys, you know, throwing stuff together in their garage back in the day, you know. Yeah. So speaking of a few guys throwing stuff together in their garage, Norm, how much time do you think you spent in places like Home Depot and Radio Shack or even dollar stores trying to find Greeblies that that fit the bill for parts on your Proton Pack? Um, well, at first, when I was doing the... Oh, one element that I forgot to add... Um, during my uh, 2001 revision, my last revision of the packs, what motivated me to complete as accurate as I possibly could design, um, I went to, um, Dan, you may know that it is, I don't know if it's still in existence, Planet Hollywood Restaurant Bar and Grill in Baltimore. And they have a whole bunch of props and stuff like that. When I went in, right in the center of the room, I had a table, and they had the one of the original proton packs from the movie behind plexiglass. Totally freaked out. I took a little camera and click, 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 and then it took about a thousand pictures. And that's before the digital cameras came out. And of course, having plexiglass there, it reflected all the flash. And I couldn't see anything, mm-hmm. but it was enough. I got a good eye when determining something. I said, that looks like, what, two inches, three inches. And I took a lot of sketches. Some photos came out. And I 
some of the photos were actually on uh, the uh, GB homepage. And that was the, um, the final process of my drawings that came out. And in June in 2001. So now Home Depot, at first I had to go out and look for parts, pieces, anything that would look. Home, Home Depot um, or Lowe's, uh, it's, there is a lot of um, plastic tubings and all sorts of devices uh, that could be utilized for the pack. And now I do, my plans does show parts that looks very similar to what they use in, in the original um, proton packs, the hero props. But I'm happy with what I have and, and Home Depot still have most of the parts there. Um, even the goggles, uh, that was from a welding uh, goggles, and they're sort of an off green, and and I have plans for that that people could use and make their own goggles. But again, Hasbro and all those uh, companies came out. Uh, my goodness, um, uh, I can't think of the store that were selling the props. The, I picked up a oh Spirit Spirit Halloween. Was Is it Spirit? Or, I don't know if it was the uh, Target, and all of a sudden someone Target had a yeah. I, I, yep. I can't. I don't recall the name, but I picked up a very nice ghost wrap and a PKE meter. It was the only one on the shelf. So I fought a little <laughs> kid, pushed him down. He cried. <laughs> no, I no, I didn't. I didn't. Um, but I grabbed the last one. And I ran out of there like a kid. I was all happy. and So that's the one I have. I was lazy. I could have built one myself. But it's just, look, it's nice. And I put a couple of magnets on the bottom. I just slap it on, on my uh, backpack. And I'm happy with that. So It's pretty lightweight, too. Um, oh, yeah, the plastic ones. Uh, but my backpack, I keep adding stuff to it. And it's starting to get heavy. Like Venkman mm. from Ghostbusters too, he threw that on and he almost like fell on his knees. <laughs> but they they only get heavier when you start getting into the you know the really high accuracy builds of fiberglass shells and metal parts and metal throwers. They, oh, they get crazy heavy. But it's all about fun, having fun. It Absolutely, is. it is. So you developed your plans, you released them, um, and what was what was the reception? Like, what was the community reception to the to you releasing your first set of plans? The well, people liked them, but they were a bit scared of it. I think somebody somebody mm-hmm. did a AutoCAD or MacAD version of my plans, with very highly intricate, very professional looking. And that scared me. Um, but the, a lot of people, and I, I think that's what um, took place during that time. He goes, Norm, I love your plans, but I want you to build one for me. He goes, oh, wow. And at, at that time, I just moved in into a house. I had a huge basement. So I said, oh, now i got a workshop. 
So, mm-hmm. and then every, I would say almost like every month, he goes, Norm, can you build me a pack? So I decided to throw, um, at that time, I had a tiny little prop building, um, I don't know if you say business, and I, I called it Facade FX. And I released the plans. I remember that. I, I'm sorry? As I say, I remember that. Wow. And and I had um, the types of props that were selling with lights, without lights. And it, pretty, and it took me a long time. I had to build that from scratch using the, um, the for sale signs from the um, Home Depot, the styrene mm-hmm. plastic. Then they were thick. Now they're all flimsy and this ridiculous. And yeah. um, so, and I had like at least once every, once a month, maybe every other month, someone say, hey, Norm, build me one. Can you build me one? I have people from Alaska. I've got this guy from Hawaii. I can't think of his name. He's very popular up there. Um, I built one for him. can't think of his name, and I have to apologize. Uh, Netherlands, Germany, France, and all over the world. Um, so um, I don't know if I answered your question, but I was building them, and it, I had a full-time job, and, and at night I would go to the basement, and the weekend I was like slapping stuff. I, would, I was uh, pouring uh, resin molds, uh, resin uh, parts, and which was a, not a very smart thing to do without wearing a proper mask. So, but I did have a fan. I turned the fan on, um, and I'm still alive today. So that's a good thing. But I was like making parts and making parts, and then cutting and and having the plans in front of me. And I still have to look at my plans. I don't remember half of the stuff I put on there. Um, but most of the um, parts is still available at Home Depot. And uh, my pack now, there was a. Oh my goodness, I forgot the a- AJ something or another. It was like a fabric a hobby shop that closed down locally here. AJ something. But they were going out of business and they were selling these little LED lights, double uh, A battery powered for tiny little Christmas trees or plants and whatever you want to use it. And I grabbed a few and that's actually what sliding my lighting my cyclotron and power pack so you know um dan you were mentioned about photos can i send you a video as well that could be uh absolutely Absolutely. i'll show a short video of my current backpack so um and i got sort of tired of it was taking too much out of my personal life and i would say my last pack I would probably build in 2012, and all of a sudden now everybody was, hey, I got a fiberglass version of it for sale, and I've got this, and I got that. Hasbro came out uh, with theirs, so it's okay now. Everybody's have their own uh, version of it, so they're. Um, I mean, I enjoyed building them for folks, but now I need um, to. Well, I've got so many other projects. I am. Officially, I am a paranormal investigator, by the way, in real life. 
Mm-hmm. So, but that's, you know, we're not uh, here to talk about that. So I hope I answered your question. Okay. You've, you definitely okay. answered them. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think. So, okay. So you had mentioned, you know, the, the onset of, uh, of, you know, a lot more fabricators coming in and, and doing the work. And, uh, one of the things I love about your plans is that they are approachable. You know, they're, they're very, very animated. Um, I, you know, but they still have all the details that you need in there to complete something that looks and feels and, and is a proton pack. Um, so, but your plans seem to come from a place that's a lot more fun and lighthearted, you know, not, not quite as uh, super detail intricate and oriented, which, which is great, especially for somebody who's just getting into the hobby. So as, as the hobby evolved and as, you know, more people came in and discovered more details, um, what were your thoughts on that? Like, how, how do you feel now about the people that are going out there with, you know, digital calipers and measuring the ribs and stuff on, on proton packs? Um, I mean, I, I am pleased that folks are using, well, it's for me, it's much bigger than I am. And when I see, um, gatherings. Everyone in different cities, they all have gatherings of Ghostbusters and Ghostheads getting together and doing it. And I haven't done that. And my friend, Egon, uh, he lives in Michigan right now. And we still go back and forth. He goes, oh, yeah, they just added this to the backpack. And I still want to get with him. And then, oh, man, let's just... Uh, at that time, we um, we had old beat-up station wagon, white, and we made it look like a uh, ectomobile, and we were doing the um, parades within Washington D.C. But I missed being with a whole bunch of ghost heads and talking props and just just enjoying that. I miss that. Um, and you know, being a family man, I have a daughter in college, so uh, time, money, and you know, have to take care of my family as well. So I miss um, ghost head gatherings. Now, since I am um, get to know you better, both of you, maybe. Uh, now, I assume Austin is within the uh, Washington, D.C. area, Maryland? Uh, no, I'm actually in Oklahoma. Ooh, okay. Well, Dan, um, maybe next time <laughs> you, you have a gathering of... I don't know, a mini convention or uh, maybe you just give me a call. I'll go down there and we're all going to grab a, a brewski and a thick steak and talk about the, the Ghostbusters afterlife. There you go. See, Austin, I, I kept telling you, Austin, you got to move to Virginia, but you wanted to stay in Oklahoma. Now I'm going to go and have a steak. Ah, yeah, but now, but now there's a new movie set here. So I'm so torn yeah, now. And filmed in Canada. It doesn't matter. Shut up. That doesn't count. I can't, I can't even come and see you and visit a filming location because you're in Oklahoma. <laughs> hey, we have cool bridges and we don't have any real mountains, but whatever. So then, no, I'll, I'll have to come out and visit you guys sometime and hang out. That'd be cool. So Dan, do you have? I haven't fully explored your. Um, Facebook or webpage, do you have an Ectomobile in your group? 
Uh, we do, yeah. So we have um, a buddy of mine, very good friend of mine, Jeremy West, owns a 1967 um, Cadillac and Loader uh, that uh, has actually been kind of revolving around in the Ghostbusters community for some time. I know apparently it started its life up in, I believe, Pennsylvania when it was first converted. And uh, we ended up buying it when it was in Georgia. And uh, Jeremy's just done, he's poured a ton of, you know, TLC into that car, um, mostly under the hood. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of times people will ask me, oh, well, why don't you want to, you know, buy a hearse? And I'll, I'll you know, I understand the responsibilities that come with those vehicles and it's, it's a huge monetary investment just to keep those things running. Uh, but he's able to do it and I'm able to live vicariously through him. And, um, you know, one of the things I love because I'm, I'm one of those accuracy nuts. I want everything to be exactly how it is on, on the screen. Um, but even though it's not a 1959, you can't help, but just smile as big as humanly possible when you see that car. Cause it's just so much fun and it, it ends up plucking all the right heartstrings. Um, you know, it's, it's big, it's obnoxious, it's silly looking, <laughs> it's bright, it's loud. It's, it's everything you could want out of an ectomobile and more. And it's just, uh, it's a terrifying car to drive cause it, it, you know, it's a land yacht. Um, <laughs> gas guzzler. but, uh, yeah, it's a gas guzzler. We think we're not sure gas gauge doesn't work. Ah! So we just fill it up every day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, before we take it yeah. out, we're still not entirely sure how much gas this thing is actually taking. All um, the money, all the money poured into it. You'd think that'd be one of the first things you'd try and fix. Uh, no brakes, actually. Brakes well, were one of the first things. That's, yeah, that's, that's slightly more important, I guess. That's, yeah, that's great. Um, you know, generator turned it into an alternate. I mean, I, I, I warned him. Um, it was, uh, it was you know, right around the beginning of November of, uh, I think, gosh, it, it, yeah. Beginning of November of 2020. And he's like, Hey man, I really want to buy an Ecto. You can come down with me to Georgia to look at this thing. I was like, listen, man, that's great. I just need you to understand how much money, <laughs> you know, you're getting into, even if this thing is turnkey, it's a 1967, it's going to break. It's going to, it's going to bust constantly. You will never get your money back out of this thing. And he goes, I'm, I'm all for it. And so we, we road tripped with our buddy Brian down to Georgia. And uh, it was uh, November 4th, I remember, because the election was on TV when we checked into the hotel. And the next day we went and he bought himself an Ecto and he was just, he was so happy about it. And he still is. Um, but yes, yeah, so that is the long around my elbow to the answer version of yes our, our our group does have an echo that's great that's great i'm looking forward to see it um so what other what other props you, you did the plans for the goggles which i think still as you know if you can't get your hands on a 3d printer or whatever if you're just looking for I want something that looks like the Ecto goggles, your, your welding goggles. I don't know many builders that didn't start there with building the, your Ecto goggles from your Ecto goggle plans as their first dip into Ghostbusters props. Um, have there been any other Ghostbuster props that you've gotten a chance to build or, or create? 
I I would say um, now I did find I would say back in two thousand two or two thousand three I found a shoe polisher I think it's called Iona shoe polishing device that's what they use for the um, yes the PKE meter. And I got it, and I said, and, and you know what, uh, I don't think I have the time to take it, well, I took it apart and cleaned it up, but the the gears and the intricate, and I'm not an electronic expert, so, and I talked to someone, he goes, let me tell you what, I have a shell from the um, shoe polisher, and if I give you that to trade, uh, so you can, so I can utilize your vacuum form to do some at least ten cyclotrons for my little shop, and we traded. So he vacuum formed it, uh, ten shells to trade. So as Ghostbusters prop um, related, I did a lot of um, ghost traps as well. And mm-hmm. the door, it, it wasn't electronic. The, the, the doors and the pedal did not work, but it just looked good as something you to attach to your uh, flight suit. But um, this, the reason why I enjoy doing props, now, not too many people know this. I'm also involved locally in film productions. I do a lot of props, sets, costumes, and even what I call acting, but a lot of stunt work. So I do I do build a lot of non-Ghostbusters props, but it's all, uh, most of the films I work in is uh, science fiction, uh, space, and... We just had a couple of my friend who's a, a director and producer. He's working on a new film now that I'm going to be involved. I cannot give you too much detail, but um, that is a passion of mine. I love it. And gathering, you know, they, someone uh, sketch will say, okay, Norm, I want you to build uh, this spacecraft full scale and you have three months. So I said, whoa. And that's, <laughs> I love that. And I just go to Home Depot, grab a whole bunch of wood and build something that looks exactly uh, what the sketch. And I do a lot of research uh, within a cockpit of a um, stealth fighter. Of course, not the inside photographs are not available to most people, but um, you just grab something from um, F-16 or a Phantom. um, drawings and cockpit and you just throw a whole bunch of stuff together and on film people are too busy looking at the actor getting shot at or have steam come out <laughs> and they don't say wait a minute that dial is not correct you got to move it uh, three inches to the left and I said what is this uh, <laughs> no. so um, so that keeps me busy apart from my full time job and I'm and of course once in a while, I people call me to do a literally a investigation into a potential 
occupied, paranormally speaking, a house or haunt or something like that. So I once in a while I go there, but um, I like to just stick to prop building and the like. Very, very cool. Austin, I know you got more on you. I, I can't let you sit back on this one, man. <laughs> well, I guess uh, going back to, I guess, your original set of plans, um, I want to say they were, they were, what, dated 1996. Um, I, f- I recall there being like a, a companion set of plans for a slime blower. Oh, wow. Do you remember doing those at all? Um. I did. I those were very. They weren't very detailed. I just threw something together because, based on what I built in, <clears throat> and prior to the nineteen eighty nine Ghostbusters two, um, there was a I think People magazine or magazine that showed. Um, was Dan Aykroyd holding a slot and blower mm-hmm. from, and there was a shot, a rear photograph of it. He goes, oh, look at this. So we got excited. I said, okay, now we're going <laughs> to, we, I have a friend of mine who's going to say, okay, he's going to be taking care of the slime blower and I built one quickly. Um, what did I use? I, I remember the, I remember the gun, uh, Suggested using one of those old Crayola yes. crayon banks You're right. for the gun. They, I don't think they still exist. Those things, maybe online. I bought one of those. I bought one of those crayon banks ah. because of your slime blower plants, oh, and it sat in the corner of my room forever and ever and ever until finally we moved, and I I was forced to throw oh. it out. Well, I rem I remember I had one when I was a kid, and had. You know, it long since destroyed it and stepped on the tube and and kinked it up and and so it had gotten thrown away. And then I remember, you know, when I got into this whole Ghostbusters prop mess and coming across those plans and it suggested, oh, you know, Crayola Bank. I remember going, no, I used to have one of those. That's cool. You know, ten years later, I could have used the damn thing. The um, the two tanks, the I think they're green on the side of the mm-hmm. larger slime holding device i think we went out and purchased four one liter pepsi bottles Mm -hmm. and at the time they were they were two piece they were the uh the bottle the cylinder and the bottom there was like a cap yeah the little black caps and and we just popped that it was held on by um glue the glue gun or something and said, so, oh we got mm-hmm. a tank so i used two of those cut the tips put it together and paint the whole thing green i mean we slapped that thing together within we took like two days and the middle gray tank oh my goodness it was at least 14 inches i don't recall the diameter of the tank itself and then well, actually, it was a piece of plastic we folded into a cylinder, and then we needed something on top that was round, and we found an old cheap, it's like a beach ball, but it was a balloon-type ball, the real cheap ones that you see at 
yeah. Toys R Us inside of those little uh, bin or bundle or something with mesh. And I grabbed one of those and I forced it in and I painted <laughs> the whole thing uh, in a gray primer and then gave it some colors. But um, the drawing did not show all of the intricate details and parts on the bottom. I know there was like a little orange cylinder type thing and then something that looked like a an engine or motor from a moped or something, but mm-hmm. we slapped everything together. But when we showed up at the uh, premiere of Ghostbusters in Washington, D.C., people just like, oh, man, that's cool. They loved it. And they, most people never really seen the details of those props. They can't say, hey, wait a minute. Now. You're off by a quarter of an inch, and this red knob's supposed to be green. And then, you know, you don't have people like that there. So, People enjoying the people, uh, and of course, we got to watch the film uh, for free, and uh, popcorn in a uh, big container of soda. So that's that was fun. So um, the plans that you're referring to, it was a quick sketch uh, just showing uh, the ghost heads. It's, okay, that's what we use. Uh, this looks like this. You may try to try using uh, this part. And it was slapped together, but um, I didn't totally focus on that. I was just um, ghost trapped and uh, proton packs. I was trying to release the uh, drawings for the uh, community. So people are happy. I'm happy. Did you ever have plans to... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No. I'm... Oh. <laughs> I said, did you... Did you ever have plans to uh, go back and maybe do more detailed versions of the slime blower plans like you did for your pack? Um, I don't think I have the time for that because I'm gotcha. so I, at work. I'm, I mean, I usually work about 10 hours a day and I come here and cook dinner for the uh, family. And now I've got a movie project that they, they're going to hire me to do some uh, set building props and I'm probably going to get shot a few more times. I mean, in all the movies I've done, <laughs> I, I've, I got killed at least 20 times. I got blown up in a nuclear blast, got shot in the head. <laughs> My neck was broken, fell off a building. But, um, of course, all of that is special effects, but uh, in my latest film, I got chased by a huge creature that was all organic, made out of roots. And I got thrown down, and I did a flip. And my 60-year-old body heard some crack and crackled, and I said, you know what? Um, I told the uh, director, I... I don't think I can do stunts anymore. I can run, but no more jumping over cars. And, uh, and so I think my body is, had, my, I have a young mind, but my body can't keep up with me anymore. So, um, as long as you can still slap on a proton pack, oh, yeah, I think yeah, we're yeah, good. Yeah. I mean, I'm it's still in good shape. Still in good shape. So it sounds like he's probably in better shape than you and I combined, Austin. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I heard those similar body cracks, but that was just me walking up the stairs oh, last night yeah. to get to bed. <laughs> that was um, me just bending over to put my socks on. 
<laughs> oh, you got your socks on. You're ahead of the wow. game. Yeah. Um, so when when you're building, you know, you're you're building your new pack and everything that you started last year. Um, are you noticing parts of your your plans now that your revision, you know, you're you're revising as you go, or doing something different, or using a different material, or the the only thing I, I mentioned earlier that the uh, gum out um, container don't exist anymore to do the handles. So I about a year prior to that, I built I, I was building another pack, and I went. Uh, into the uh, Ghostbusters community and I said, look, I can't find those containers. Do you have any um, grips pre-made? And someone said, oh, yeah, I got some. I'll sell it to you. So I kind of cheated on there. Um, but now, I mean, I was thinking of re- removing one of the grips and then use a, I think use a, a wooden shotgun handle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, You've got to realize the community out there. We have so many different um, Ghostbusters team from different states, and everybody adds their own personal touch. And a switch. I mean, I, I've got slime. Um, I got a bottle of slime attached to the side, so that's my own version. I'm happy with it. Um, even with the uh, Ghostbusters. Uh, groups they have their own logo patch even though that has a no no mm-hmm. no ghost logo on there you could see um variations of design people put their state on there or they have a different color so um i don't bother to add or update those plans i think they're good now and they've got so many people out there selling the stickers foil stickers mm-hmm. and even uh, mm-hmm. the actually the original pneumatic um, parts and even the crank knobs i think they're starting to get really rare um but they're still out there if they're willing to spend money on it but you know there's so many different things you could use that looks so close to the original props that people are happy with it I'm happy with what I have, and um, so no, I'm not gonna revise anymore. I think I'm. I think there are a lot of other uh, people out there releasing their own versions of it, so I'm happy. They're happy. I'm a happy person. <laughs> there you go. Are you still using hot glue on your packs? You know what? Um, a little bit, but a little bit. Um, what I use is the product I call Goop, G O O P, and I've been I I must have bought a case of that stuff. I love it. Now I don't <laughs> think they they have different versions of it. They have Goop for wood, for plastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there is another version that's called something two thousand. It's the same thing. I could smell it. Well, of course, E six thousand. I yeah, and I could. Like I said, I should be using the proper mask, but I could smell the type of glue, and I know they have silicone and the type of adhesive I use, and I know it's good. Uh, I think um, Gorilla came out with their own version of a fixed substance that works really great. So what I use when I build my box, 
boxes out of uh, styrene plastic. Um, I use I still use the little wood blocks. I glue everything mm-hmm. with the adhesive, and then I come back and I squirt some hot glue at the seam just to make it almost like a welding, if you will. Okay. And then it gets really hard, and then I glue everything, and then I add a little more um, hot glue. So I guess, yes, I still use hot glue, adhesive, goop. Um, that's pretty much it. I think, I think my first and second proton pack, I still remember looking at your plans and being like, no, hot glue is not going to do not going to do it. I use liquid nails, like five tubes (laughs) of liquid nails to put everything together with absolutely no forethought. So like once everything was built and put together, you could never open it up again. So I was never able to put any electronics or anything like that. And they're still holding together to this day. That's great. Um, Just as strong as the first day because they're being held together with liquid nails. Construction adhesive. Now you got to keep in mind that the the, uh, glue sticks, there are different types of glue sticks for different projects. And there is the clear one. I think people, um, fabric shops or even people who, who come design flowers, uh, silk flowers, it's very delicate, low heat, and it holds enough for, for their projects, but not enough for wood or plastic. So there's wood versions and there's a heavy duty versions out there also. So it all depends what, what are you building? You've got to use the right glue sticks. Um, I remember my first pack that I built was using your plans. And um, my dad and I had started attempting to build one with, st- with sheet styrene. Uh, and we got, you know, the, the EDA box and the crank generator and the gun mount built. Or he did, rather. I just sat there and watched. Uh, and then we got to the point where it came time to build this, uh, the Synchronos generator. And having a real tough time with that. And we kind of set it off to the side because couldn't get it figured out. And I eventually said, well, I'm going to do it myself. And I built it out of foam core and the whole thing was foam core and hot glue. And like Dan, I didn't have the forethought to leave the backsides open to be able to access later for electronics and things like that. (laughs) And I still have parts of that pack laying around somewhere. In fact, speaking of the gum out bottles, I know just recently I found one of those original, uh, front handles for that foam core proton one that I built, and it still has the gum out bottles on it. Wow! Uh, so I need to hold on to that for sure. I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure we've talked about this, Austin. I still have cake pans in a storage bin somewhere for. Oh yeah, you know, once upon a time proton packs that we're going to be, and you know, uh, coming from that time in which, hey man, are you done with that Pringles can? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, or uh, trying to go through your parents' or grandparents' medicine cabinet looking to find all the film canisters you could because there were so many parts um, oh, yeah. that used the film canisters on it. It was it was just, it was great. I, I, I love being able to go and find all the minutia and the detail, but there was something just simple, lighthearted fun about just like, here it is. This is this is what works. This is great. And and going and putting that together. I mean, as we've been talking, I've been going back and um looking at your 
your final draft of plans there, Norm. And it's, it's, it's floods me back with memories, just all the website addresses and stuff that you put in there is like, Hey, go, go to GB city, you know, yeah. <laughs> reference before AJ had his own hosting or, you know, um, you want parts, go to Dana wheels.com. And uh, it was just, it's, it's a great trip down memory lane and it's still so creative and still relevant, especially for all these people now that are, that are getting into it. I always, I, I always still really firmly believe that your plans are the, the one of the best first stops for somebody to be like, Hey, I want to get into Ghostbusters prop building. Yeah, thanks, Dan. That, that, I appreciate that. Um, you, you mentioned the cake pan, the cyclotron that goes on top of the synchronous generator. I found mm-hmm. that if you go to, Michael's, it's a hobby shop, flower shop, you know, all sorts of thing for, it's kind of leaning towards women, um, stuff for their, so for them to create. Um, I noticed that the cake pan, they're still there. I think they're a 12 inch, that's the cyclotron. And then I mm-hmm. found another cake pan underneath is for wedding cakes that fits perfectly for the bottom part. So now you don't have to oh, wow. do all this. I, I think I use <laughs> little uh, wooden rings and then pl- plastic. Yeah. Was, that was a little heavy duty, but it worked at the time. But now you can use two cake pans, a larger one, a smaller one. <laughs> blue and of course, you need to cut through the aluminum, which is um, tough uh, to cut the four holes for the uh, lights to, to um, shine sure i remember when when my dad and i were working on that part the using a hole saw to try and cut them out and it was just terrifying to sit there and and, you know it would slip a little bit oh yeah and it it took forever to get the the hole started and you know once we got them cut out they were great but then you know you had that incredibly razor sharp edge (laughs) oh yeah yeah. i cut myself well now now and and, you oh, know, I'm, I know I I'm like a 11 year old, 12 year old with this cake pan trying, you know, I'm surprised I didn't cut my finger You're off. Squirting blood on the walls. Son, what are you doing? <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I mean, I still remember how many times I would slip doing that. I think I went through like one or two cake pans just trying to do it. You know, the first one would slip so your holes completely off and, and you get to your next one and you get three holes in there. But by the time you're done with the fourth one, you're pressing so hard, the entire structural integrity exactly. of the cake pan is gone. Yeah. It just crumbles well, on itself. Well, one uh, good... I think nowadays I'd go at it with a step bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. But one thing about the uh, cyclotron, after you cut, even though they, it's, the hole is really bad looking, uh, you put those um, washers on top of it. It hides all the the mistakes. <laughs> it's all the, the and, oh man, it doesn't matter what level of detail a proton pack you're building. You're going to be hiding mistakes somewhere. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> There's so many, so many crimes to hide. <laughs> okay. So any, 
Yeah, a little quiet. I can hear Austin over there. So I can. It, so the the whole joke last time, um, Norm was I. I felt like I was bogarting the conversation from from Austin. <laughs> you know, we had we had Jordan Johansson on last time, and he's really really awesome. And and he and I are both similar in which we just love to hear ourselves talk. And Austin has always been. Uh, he has his really big flourishing moments, but he's always been my kind of quieter, hey, the moment's right, now I'm going to be really super funny uh, kind of buddy. And uh, so I told him, I was like, no, man, I need you to run. I want you to push this because he was basically completely absent from our last podcast. So these these long silences <laughs> uh, is me trying to be like, Austin, ask more. <laughs> Well, I, I had I, well, and the thing is, I had a bunch of notes written down, and that's what I'm going through. But we've already like unprompted, already gotten into it, and it's like, oh, okay. Well, I don't need to ask that question now. It's already been answered. <laughs> <laughs> and me, I don't, I don't come with notes. I, I do all my searching on the fly. I think about it for a week, and then I'm like, all right, cool, yeah, this is going to be fun. And my memory I mean, is like, not that good. I got to write stuff down. Well, no, no, I, I can remember this so that everything's important. You know bills being paid stuff like that is yeah. is not taken care of because i'm too busy thinking about proton packs <laughs> yeah so what do you think that. of the new movie norm oh. i mean you know you were part of the community at the at you know late 90s that was when the hubbub was coming about that you know oh ghostbusters 3 starts filming this spring dan Aykroyd every other month you know announcing ben stiller and will smith and everything like yeah. that so finally ghostbusters 3 happened you know do you do you think it's gonna show uh a, is it going to inject new lifeblood into the community is it going to bring about another renaissance in ghostbusters uh for more prop builders to to come into the hobby i think so i mean we got a lot of younger viewers that like really enjoyed the film i mean the film was wonderful it finally came out. I know the COVID-19 thing kind of kept everything uh, astray, I guess. Um, but, uh, you know, being, uh, thinking I'm a tough guy sitting in a theater at the end, I was like, oh, God. Oh my. Uh, hey, I'm not crying. I was cutting onions here. Come on. Uh, kid, what are you looking at? Face the front. But uh, it, it was wonderful to see what they did with uh, Harold Ramis. Well, I should say Egon. That was wonderful. He was yes. just like sitting there, semi-transparent, looking over at the guys. But he didn't say a word. He was just like, just smile. He didn't need to talk. It's almost like they were communicating tel- telepathically or something. But that was a wonderful scene. So um, and they opened themselves up for hopefully they're going to have more films. I w- I don't know. I think I would love to see a series, but again, mm-hmm. I don't know. They may mess things up with that. So, what do you think? Sure, Should they have a series of Ghostbusters, or I mean, uh, oh, that's that's such a loaded question. You know, there's so many so many stories to tell in the Ghostbusters universe that it almost seems like a series would be appropriate. Um, but you know, with, with television also comes jumping the shark and, uh, I would always be terrified that the show would jump the shark far too early 
or you know when you have a television show one of the things about ghostbusters is the gear then you have serialized stuff you have a larger opportunity to come up with something that's just kind of well silly you know um but another movie i would definitely be down for that yeah definitely yeah i mean i think i think the the franchise lends itself well to being serialized i mean the real ghostbusters i don't think anybody's gonna argue is not a great show um the opportunity to tell interesting and unique stories on a weekly basis you know a monster of the week kind of thing is mm-hmm. uh, something I'm very much into, but like you said, you you do run the risk of of jumping the shark or uh, trying to do too much. I think like when you're in the confounds of a movie, you know you've got two hours to tell a story, and you've got all this time to refine and make sure that that story is great. You know, um, with TV, I think you could get lazy. Uh, you could rely too much on uh, retreading the same concepts, and you know, uh, like I said, Monster of the Week or Ghost of the Week is great, but you've got to keep doing something new with it. Um, uh, yeah, and I think it runs the risk of becoming almost stale too quickly if if you're not really trying to. I don't want to say reinvent the wheel, but refreshing the wheel, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking, guys. I'm thinking like uh, the, uh, the new Star Trek films reintroducing mm-hmm. the, um, Captain Kirk Spock but using younger actors, maybe just, just this just popped in my mind, and we're, we're not talking about the uh, Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, but um, having <laughs> actors that look like Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd and the whole crew, in retrospect, going back to after 1984, maybe after they after they got their um, license to practice ghost, uh, ghost hunting in after 1989 film and have a younger well have them the same characters different actors play the role through maybe another they could probably have another i don't know mini series of have them shake going around um, chasing uh, ghosts within the new york suburbs but that just popped him on my mind, so it'll be kind of pretty cool. They have, uh, they have that cut little line from Ghostbusters Afterlife when uh, Paul Rudd's character is showing the kids the the YouTube videos of the Ghostbusters thing, and he he actually says to them, "Come on, guys! They made a movie about this in the '90s," and like, "Oh man, that means there's a movie about the Ghostbusters in the Ghostbusters universe." I'm like, "Can we get that made?" What was <laughs> what was that? Can I get a '90s quality biopic of the Ghostbusters, please? Maybe that's where that maybe that's where you bring in Ben Stiller and Chris Rock, you know, to come in and be, yes. you know, Peter and and Winston or you know whatever in 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 the Ghostbusters universe version of whatever that movie is. <laughs> that would that would be some fun that would be some fun meta 
stuff. That would be if they, just, if, if they pulled something that'd be like way that. Meta. Way meta, but it would be great. Well, well, listen, guys. So we are we are at the end of our time here, coming up just on a on an hour and a half. Um, before we go, Norm, were there any final thoughts you wanted to leave us with, or anything like that? Oh my goodness. Um, well, thank you both for having me. Um, spill my guts, and I'm be I'm honored to be in the show and. Looking forward to meet you guys in person. Well, at least then. I don't know if Absolutely. Austin can make it, but um, take a look. at Oh, Austin travels. Austin I travels. travels. Okay. He does. And meet your team. I know uh, Ghostbusters Virginia went through a different teams, and but check out your ecto- Ectomobile, and maybe, maybe yeah. this spring, I don't know, uh, get together. And like I, like I said before, have a steak, a couple of cold ones, yeah, and then that would exchange be... ideas and go from there. So thank you. That would be super awesome. No, thank you so much, Norm. It's It's been an absolute pleasure uh, to have you on the show. Austin? Yeah, I mean... I don't know what I don't know what to say. I mean, it's it's so cool to to have somebody of your caliber within the community to to kind of come on and and just kind of walk through history with us. And um, you know, I know for so many people, like or for the community in general, those those plans you released are like revolutionary. And and they were the such, first thing that you ever saw. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, so many of us wouldn't be here if it weren't for those plans. You know, for better or for worse, I guess, but uh it's yeah i mean it's it's an honor to have you on the show we really appreciate you coming yeah. on so thank Guys, you very much thank you and like everything i did is for the community and it belongs to the community so i'm just a guy stepping back and let everything flows through and like i said i'll be looking forward to see you dan and also maybe in the near future Maybe the next Absolutely. movie. Awesome. There Full we go. Costume. We'll, yeah, we'll make it know. happen. We will make it happen. We'll show up All in St. Right, Elmo's Fire too. <laughs> the fieriest. <laughs> St. Elmo's Fire. There's a Sesame joke in there, but a uh, Sesame Street joke, but uh, we're we're out of time for that. So this is this is Dan Harshman for the Black Firehouse podcast, as always, with my partner in crime. Austin Young. Make sure you check us out on our RSS feed on Spotify every Tuesday and, of course, posted to YouTube every Friday. Thank you all so much for listening and go out and build something. As a duly designated representative of the city, I order you to cease any and all supernatural activity and return forthwith to your place of origin or to the nearest convenient parallel dimension. Okay, so I'll see you later, huh? I'll give you a call. Everything was fine with our system until the power grid was shut off by Dickless here. Two in the box! Ready to go! We be fast and they be slow! Spring has gone bye bye, you guys. What have you got left? For whatever reasons, Ray, call it fate, call it luck, call it karma. I believe that everything happens for a reason. I believe that we were destined to get thrown out of this dump. For what purpose? to go into business for ourselves. Boy, the superintendent's gonna be pissed. We're ready to believe.